0: We also believe that there is no magic mantra to everything there is no way that a person can say um, focus on what customers are saying implement the five things and you'll do everything right
1: welcome to shopify masters your companion for starting and building a business the podcast brought to you by shopify I'm Shuang Yester Shan, and today's episode features Sujata and Tanya Biswas, the sisters and founders of Suta, a sari and apparel maker based out of Mumbai focused on sustainability and fair wages for artisans. In the conversation with Sujata and Tanya, they share why it was so important for them to leave corporate jobs behind and start their own company, how they scaled from two fabric weavers to now supporting the livelihood of over 14,000 and what they look for when they expand their team. Before our show, I wanted to chat about Shopify Ping. It's a free live chat app for Android and iOS devices. Did you know that shoppers who use live chats are almost three times more likely to complete their purchase? With Shopify Ping, you can share products, exclusive discount codes, and help customers make purchases instantly. For more information, visit shopify.com chat. Now, let's virtually visit Mumbai. In the streets of Mumbai, there's a beautiful mix of individuals wearing t-shirts and jeans, along with others who are wearing traditional saris. For sisters Sujata and Tanya, they wanted to thread the two worlds together by bringing modern designs into traditional saris and weaved fabrics. So after a fateful trip to West Bengal, visiting artisans' villages and seeing how they make these fabrics, Suta was born. And Suta just so happens to be a combination of the sisters' names while also meaning the word thread. It was literally like uh, magical when we figured that Su and Ta can
0: mean Suta and Suta means thread. Um, So we were very happy that uh, we can work with something we really wanted like to make a social impact. Um, We were super elated that the name also means Suta, which is thread and also we can work on the product which we really like, which is saris. Uh, So we quit our corporate jobs when we um, realized that, you know, we should be heading this side and not that. So uh, in 2016, we started Suta.
1: And I think for a lot of people, when they do have a corporate job, it is very scary and it takes a lot of time for them to actually be emotionally ready. How did you guys make the decision and what it took for you to actually quit?
0: We felt that what we were doing, we couldn't see the impact what we're having on people because it was like, I used to be in the steel industry. Tanya was in strategy in IBM. Um, so we knew with steel is making buildings, people are working, so I know who, who all is getting impacted. But uh, there are there are certain classes who we don't know what they do, whether they work, they get the uh, right amount of wage when they work. So we really wanted to do something for them. Um, so um, so when we started Suta, we figured that this is, a company through which we can actually touch lives um, in the villages where the crafts are dying, probably the art form is not as appreciated. These guys quit their jobs and do some work in garage or they would be working as drivers. Uh, it is not organized as such and they were middlemen um, and they used to not get the wages on time or a proper wage also so we when we started working with them we knew that this is it and i can see happiness directly in front of me and i'm going to do this yeah but then as you said it was kind of scary because uh, when we started we put in our savings um, Suta is still bootstrapped we haven't taken investor money in and we wouldn't like to um, so far that's the status but uh, it was scary because nobody in our family has done business and our parents were really scared that you know we have studied so much and e- corporate is more it has more cushion it doesn't work out then there's another company I can join so that was always the safety net is always there then in, uh, end of the month I will be getting a good salary so yeah so those were all the the turmoil that we had to go
1: through and uh, finally take a call was it hard to convince your parents because it's not just one of their child going off and quitting their job it's both yeah. yeah it
0: was uh our parents asked so when the day when we told them you know um i think we're going to start something and you know we are going to put our papers so they asked um how long are you going to do this <laughs> so it was uh, we had to tell them that you know this is the plan you know if this flies we fly with it and we are not going to come back mostly because we are really convinced that we will be doing Doing this uh, so initially convincing them was a little pro- problematic, but slowly they saw little successes. Um, the revenue started coming in, and
1: and now they are a
0: major part of the business. And yeah. uh, my father handles operations. In the villages and my mother is the backbone too. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how they have become a part of the Suta business as well, which is very interesting. Yeah.
1: So from skeptical parents to almost like a family business now. Yes.
0: And also not only our parents, but our in-laws are also uh, very supportive to this uh, Idea. Yeah. My mother-in-law told me that, you know, um, even if your parents say no, uh, just don't worry, take a call and I am with you. Even if, you know, nothing happens, I am there, you know, so just do whatever you feel
1: like doing. So it was interesting. Amazing. I know that you guys started in 2016, but when did the idea first come to you and how long did the planning, saving took before you launched?
0: I, if I uh, if you ask
1: me how long has
0: it been, it's been since uh, childhood, <laughs> actually, because we always said that we wanted to make something of our own and sell it. Yeah, we used uh, to say that we will make bags out of handkerchiefs and make uh, you know dolls or something and we will sell. So that was a game we used to play all the time. <laughs> uh, and entrepreneurship is something which was always uh, in us, even though we didn't know if we are going to take that path. Sujata did... Uh, um yeah I a a business a company i had yeah. started called a which was uh, on uh, computers uh, the so the cyber cafe uh, on which an ad platform um, so I had, even before yeah. you know like we were we had that entrepreneurial joy gene in us but we just didn't know when or whether we should both do something together but when we both came together after her uh, 2013 when she came to bombay after her college then uh, for a year we both were discussing you know what should we start with in 2014 we actually started working on Suta uh, but it was very very extremely small scale and that time we were not working on the product we are working on now it was on dresses um, so we started very small um, with few dresses and we got a lot of inquiries on the dresses and then we thought that probably you know we should take it ahead. Yeah, initially we were just on Facebook and we used to start selling Yeah. on on social media platform we were just on Facebook we had a page and we used to sell through that um, and taking money on our bank accounts and 2016 we didn't even have a website on 2016 2016 is when we started selling we had a a, like a a tiny office like a garage (laughs) very very small and uh, we had all the inventory there Uh, people used to come over to buy things from us because by then our, there know, the was word, word of mouth, mouth yeah word of mouth had happened and people would know us through a facebook page customers came over gave us feedback and inputs and in from 2016 onwards yeah and then we started our website in 2017
1: or 2016 end and we had a website. Because I think a lot of people don't know that in India, businesses actually do start very social. There's people selling through WhatsApp groups. There's people like you mentioned through Facebook, what have you. Um, So maybe describe a little bit about just the fashion scene and also the entrepreneur scene. And how do people usually look into those industries and how do they usually want to like crack in? In India,
0: uh, actually, uh, since uh, e-commerce started, and uh, it's it, it became easy for people to start their own business, and uh, through WhatsApp, through Facebook, the reachability increased. So a lot of uh, uh, people from their own houses, because it's easier to manage your own family and manage time in your life. So people started selling things, yeah. um, mostly procuring things and selling. Um, so the scenario changed drastically from yeah. Then it is on. now very acceptable. It's it's not. Uh, a taboo now. Like initially, they would say it's a, it's a business thing, you know, like uh, you can't, you just can't leave everything and start this. Probably, if you have some spare time, you might be doing it just for killing your time or just, you know, just doing it in a very small scale. But now, slowly, I see so many brands. And when we started, even then, so many people were doing this that it was not. Uh, we didn't, we were not scared at all. We just knew that if it grows, if there is a demand in the market, we will take it ahead and make make it big. But then. Social media helps us because we can stay small and also reach a lot of people uh, without investing a lot of money. So that uh, that way, it's it's very, it's very such a boon, uh, I would say, that we reach so many people without even um, spending a lot of money in.
1: It also seems like a great way to test the idea because you mentioned, you know, there's almost a two-year period where I'm assuming you guys are both still working full-time and then you can, you know test out the idea work with the people who are weaving and see if there's a market interest for it
0: exactly so if you know one side is taken care of I don't have to worry about how my product is going to reach the uh, people who are going to buy at least that part is taken care of I can at least start working on the supply chain I can work on probably procuring or I can probably work on figuring out what kind of weaving I would want on my products or design so we both could focus on that without thinking okay who's the customer and have to find because initially what used to happen is brick and mortar would have just one store and would wait for people to come and see And also you invest a lot in the brick and mortar stores. The investment is lesser and also you can test the waters. uh, If it's working or not, uh, people liking what you're making and then uh, you can invest more
1: in the same idea. So tell me about meeting the first artisan or the first weaver. How did that journey begin?
0: Okay, so I'll just go back a little by starting saying 2014 is when we started with dresses Uh, We used to get dresses fabric from Bombay in one of the uh, wholesale places and me and Tanya were not at all satisfied and we kept saying that you know our grandmoms used to wear these beautiful soft saris, I would want that fabric and that we kept telling our father that you know where is that fabric you know why can't we find it in the market it's so difficult to find it. And then our father said, one in one vacation, when we were uh, in uh, our hometown, which is in East, uh, in Calcutta, West Bengal. So we were with our father and we were discussing, ask your uh, staff members that if they know somebody who weave. So, you know, in a week's time, he came back saying, oh, I have made a plan. Let's go to a weaver's place because it's, it was four four and four and a half, five hours away from where we stayed. So we took a train and we thought, if not, even if they don't agree, probably I'll just buy whatever they have. So we went there and we found, this, they have these huts, tiny houses made of mud and a team of four or five weavers sit together and weave. Uh, we went to the houses, they're so warm. They said, And we reached it <laughs> in a very odd hour yeah. and they were so welcoming. Yeah, and they, they, they just offered us food. food they don't even know us they just offered us food they asked me you tell me anything you know we can start doing it but they were were skeptical thinking you know there are girls they might not continue working and they said it it might be just a small project you know they might just vanish tomorrow so Um, they asked if you want us to make 40 saris of your design if you say I said I will pay you advance in advance and you start and we started working with two people two weavers and we said you will whatever you make we will take you know even if it's not as per what we have thought and because you know we are not from design background and we didn't know whether what we are saying they understand or what we are we are going what we are thinking in our mind it's going to come out like that so we didn't know so we told them so just make this uh, this color and warp and this in weft and probably small motifs so we just gave them some design and we came back home And then the work started from there, from the family of two now, it's uh, almost 1,400 weavers. And And also we started engaging the entire family and not just the weavers in the house. We asked the daughters or mothers or the brothers who are not skilled as much to make tassels for us, to put the tags for us. So the entire sutra tags are usually put by the pipes of the weavers and the tassels are put by, you know, the sisters and the mothers who uh, probably could do the washing of the sari. All our sarees are pre-washed. So we then engage the entire family together. So there's like a community feeling now. So the entire household is working for Suta. So that way it works very well
1: for us, yeah. Just in the time since we recorded this episode, Suta's production has grown 10 times from supporting 1,400 weavers to now supporting over 14,000. Though the fast-paced growth might be intimidating, it also motivates the sisters to work even harder.
0: It is scary sometimes because, uh, you know, it's not that I'm always in my highs and thinking I'll do this and that. Sometimes we also go through the lows of life and I feel, oh God, what am I doing? You know, it's so much pressure sometimes. What if it doesn't sell the new collection? You know, it's so much pressure. And um, this is one thing which keeps us so pumped and, you know, motivated that no, you know, so many people who look up to us we work on uh, you know probably 10 or 15 collections at one time thinking if this doesn't do well we have something else like the backup and uh, we work we keep designing we keep visiting places and getting ideas and getting inspired so that we make sure we can uh, sustain this family. We always think that uh, what if it fails we don't think that we think that we'll just make it work because we have chosen this way. So we just somehow just make it work because there's so many people sure, dependent yeah. on us and yeah. uh, we're like a family and we can't just fail. Yeah. Even the team is very beautiful. Like yeah. the, the team which we have in Mumbai and Bangalore, Chennai, uh, the team is amazing. We really, really are lucky that we have such a beautiful team with us.
1: And you mentioned both of you don't have design backgrounds. Was it intimidating to start being creative in that way and also making sure what you envisioned actually turns into real life? so not really it was not mm-hmm. intimidating design wise because
0: uh, what we always thought that if we make something we if we if we like something i know there are like minded people in the world who will like similar things mm-hmm. and uh, we are creative people both of us uh, yeah. i love painting she uh, yeah,
1: uh,
0: even i love writing a lot yeah. she also paints so uh, so we thought that we'll create something which we have imagined in our minds which we also wanted to wear in a certain point of time when we were in the corporate world so we started making them and uh, we are mostly uh, make things which is nature inspired and when it comes uh, live in a form of a sari, uh, it's amazing to see. Yeah, but also if you see our designs, we don't follow a particular trend. So let's say if um, probably let's a kind of fabric is getting celebrated now it's organza which is getting celebrated a lot uh, we wouldn't just jump into that just because it is getting celebrated elsewhere um, if let's say we have just come back from a trip from thailand we are working on probably something like underwater bodies we would like to paint on our saris things like that we don't always follow trends and not get you know uh, pressurized by what is going on other here. brands are doing let's do it let's do it we have to launch we don't do these we things don't, we don't do these things yeah yeah we rather stay content and rather stay um, rather stick to the core values what we started with if we wanted to stay small beautiful we rather be like that and rather do not get pressurized by this constant competition of following the trend or constant competition of scaling up uh, you know everything so you,
1: and I feel your designs are very modern yet they stay classic it feels like there's a good balance that you have achieved and also it feels very distinct as well thank
0: you, thank you so much <laughs> so we always wanted the same whatever you are saying we wanted it to replicate that way well, I'm glad you this is what it we <laughs> had in mind um, so we also wanted to celebrate all the art and craft that is there in uh, each corners of India because it's vast and uh, some art forms are really expensive because it takes a lot of time so we wanted to uh, keep it simple so that uh, it doesn't pinch people's pockets Uh, what people make now if we try to do same thing for us the saris will be very very expensive so we try to minimize the design we try to make it very minimal classic and uh, so that it reaches people so that uh, you, you know you can celebrate that kind of art form or that craft but not even like not spending too much money which usually is very very expensive or difficult to afford so that's what has been always the idea in our minds when we start any project work with any kind of a village or a village group and also we want the product to sell a lot so so that
1: the weavers get uh, constant work and yeah. we also keep creating different forms and in a typical year um how many new designs do get launched typically
0: at least 24 to 30 a year collections yeah. and each collection has um seven saris and seven blouses so 14 products multiplied by 30. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: and are you two still designing all of the designs not all we have two designers
0: on board but most of the designs me and Tanya approve or at least we also still design because we really like doing that. I think it's it's very special to us. It's, it's very interesting. And that's the reason we started because we like designing. The colors that we come up with is <laughs> amazing. We come up with blue and brown together and random yeah. colors together because it's amazing to do those things. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so like we don't fun. It's like, you know, you just have to do, oh, paint this green, paint this black and make, you know, add yeah. red on it. And it's so You know, since childhood, we always used to think on, uh, think about all these things but we never knew that we'll tell today and in a week's time it'll be me. Yeah, like there's a so. collection called um, the In the Sky and um, that is because we used to play this game because let's say we see a cloud and we'd say, Tanya, what do you think that is? And you should be like, oh, I think this looks like that. So we just catch it and say, see, it can mean this and Tane's like, oh no, I meant it. Like if you see from this side, it'll mean this. Like, you know, we used to play that game. So there's a collection on that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, all our <laughs> dreams and fancies come true <laughs>
1: Speaking of now that you have two designers, what was the first position you guys actually hired and how did your team grow in the uh, employee department?
0: We keep talking about uh, how we hire people. I think Joya is our first employee and uh, we tell everybody that, you know, if somebody can become the CEO, Joya is the one. We really see her become the CEO. She joined as a person to pack our products. Uh, You know, as uh, small a role as that, which was like a basic and most essential role to just pack and ship. So she started with that. Then she took care of the accounts bit as well because she was doing everything and we just were three of us. And she would clean the office. Someday she would paint on the saris, you know. So that's how she also joined. She used to do everything literally. And now she's managing the inventory of the company with another person. So that's how she's grown everybody in the team who has joined are mostly Suta fans uh, people who wear saris, or people who really like us so it's very like-minded people who join up our brand and that's what makes the brand more family-like or rather than just you know employee and employee and relationship and also there's one example of Raksha who was an air hostess yeah. um, with the Emirates yeah. and uh, <laughs> she is the operations head now yeah uh, so uh, it's very diverse and there are a lot of people who have joined us um, without even uh, giving their CVs, uh, it's because we like talking to them and they said that we love your work and let's see how we can work together. Yeah. And uh, they were on board and mostly people are here for uh, the whole lifetime. Yeah. Um, so the team is really warm and like a family. Uh, and the designer who joined us, she sent her CV see- uh, see- and portfolio. We didn't even see her portfolio. We lost the male body. <laughs> so she came on board uh, like that. We were not looking for a designer, but uh, when we spoke to her, we really, really liked her a lot. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. How many uh, people in total? Uh, now it's 35. 35 just from like the business and Auburn. Wow. Uh, does it feel crazy that within 4 years it's grown to this size Yeah
0: if you ask me then then yeah. what you see Suta as I wouldn't be saying that it would be so big it just became big uh, because we were not chasing numbers probably because we were ch- we were figuring out how to make Um, everything very sturdy and robust the systems and it just grew you know like it's it's somehow we were not look we were not looking to just push ourselves to achieve a certain target we didn't have a target in mind but it's grown so beautifully I'm so proud that it's yeah it's reached this stage when uh, yeah we, we look at it and it looks like such a big business now uh, yeah,
1: And are sales still mostly on your Shopify website, which is more direct to consumer? Or have you explored other kind of streams of like working with other businesses, perhaps? So we have
0: three revenue channels. The primary, uh, primarily we sell it through Shopify. We didn't want it any other way, but 90% sales still comes from Shopify. Um, we've just opened a store and um, in Bombay, uh, it's our first store. And we did it because we kept getting customers walk-ins in the warehouse and it was (laughs) becoming too messy because we had an online order and customer would pull out something and they would say, no, I want it. And I would say, no, 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 I can't give it to you because we have an order for that. So we had to open a store so that we keep the inventory and stock separate for um, offline and online. But still the store is in a very quaint little lane where people would not just come directly. There there are no walk-ins there are just uh, probably people who just will search for us and message us that I'm going to come over to the store they come in Um, and the third one third is very tiny but we do have we do keep our products in different stores people because different states uh, people want Suta products to be there uh, and a lot of uh, people who don't shop online yet to reach to them uh, we have uh, placed our products in a couple of cities two tier cities
1: mostly Mm -hmm. to see how the response is very exciting (laughs) And I know that, you know, on the surface, people see beautiful saris, but behind, there's a lot of moving pieces. How was the process of setting up operations and making sure everything logistic-wise runs smoothly?
0: Sometimes I look at it and I find it's it's so beautiful because both of us are engineers' MBAs. And uh, in MBA, whatever we have studied, um, it, it everything just falls into line. So we didn't think about that we have to achieve just in time. We don't have to achieve Kaizen. We, so... We knew the terms, but then we just didn't want to achieve it. It just automatically became that, and so good to uh, experience all these uh, terms now, real like in real life. It's very yeah. nice, it's very interesting. Um, and we are actually doing everything right now. It just feels right. Now, I open any management book and I feel, Oh, I do this, I do this right, I do this exactly this way. Yeah. So, yeah, it took a lot of time initially. Obviously, we just uh, because it was a very small department, we added accounts department, then we added an in-house marketing department, then we added an, uh, you know, like now it we was, have an inventory team. So a very for us, strong we team. always wanted to have a very happy place of for, for working. So we wanted everything to fall into place properly. Um, yeah. We didn't want uh, to show ourselves as a big fancy brand outside. Yeah. So we focused more on the insides putting things into place properly. And, so, the, and so, so we always used to hire people who are multitaskers rather than hiring specialists. Now we have specialists, of course, but then we uh, we also do a lot of internal training and uplifting uh, people in their own roles. Like how I told about the first employee, Jaya, who is now in inventory. So we, all, we also had many people like that. Now the uh, head of operations, uh, as I mentioned, Raksha. Uh, it was a role which she moved into after she served customer service. So she was in customer services and now we have a team of five people in customer service, but Raksha moved to some other role. So there was a lot of role reversal shifting to f- figure out what should we do, what should we not. There are a lot of outsourcing that we do also now. We are also mm-hmm. planning to make it, take it into in-house. Uh, it's it's like a continuously evolving process. It's not just like, we I know this, this has to be done and we do it. We change things every day, like tweak it slightly, see what works, what doesn't work. So it's a, very beautiful, it's a beautiful experiment. Yeah, it's, a,
1: it's like an experiment, yeah. <laughs> and ever-changing. Yeah, it is. Ever-changing, yeah. It is, it is, yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about the fact that you both have MBAs. I feel like that's also very different from a typical entrepreneurial journey. Most people are like don't do this quit school dive in head first. you guys have two years you know to experiment to save plan you guys also both went to business school um so it, it feels like it is a very well like established even personally for your own foundations
0: probably it worked well um yeah. it, we even if we don't follow the bookish knowledge but somehow it's there in the back of the mind like a <laughs> like and also, one two three four five think, checklist we think that it has helped us a lot immensely and uh, even now we are in touch with a couple of professors yeah. uh who uh, with whom we keep discussing our uh, yeah. strategies or why we're doing things or analyze data together with them so it helps us a lot yeah and point. we also believe that there is no magic mantra to everything Um uh, there is no way that a person can say, um, focus on co- what customers are saying, implement the five things and you'll do everything right. It doesn't work like that. And um, so we keep changing one thing at a time. Even small policy changes or even small, any small change can have such a big impact and we keep doing that um, quite often. We also discuss these strategies uh, with our mentors, our, our professors yeah, in the team and it helps us a lot. Yeah, We're talking to people, other entrepreneurs. Um, we keep meeting once a month with yeah. other people so that we at least bounce off our ideas, at least see where, what they're doing. It's their uh, benchmark to do certain things in a
1: certain way. Operating in India has its own set of nuances. One major difference from the West is that consumers desire for COD, or cash-on delivery. An alarming 80% of customers still prefer to shop and order items online, but only provide payment when the item is delivered. This is an area that Sujata and Tanya also needed to tweak and learn from.
0: One uh, very tiny thing, but me and Sujata used to always have a conflict with COD. So she never wanted COD to happen. She said, let's make it cashless. Let's um, make it easier. Uh, So we never had COD. And I insisted saying that even my friends who have studied from B schools or engineering, even they opt for COD, they don't go for uh, online payment. If educated people also, you know, sometimes are scared or I don't know what holds them back to make online payments, they do a COD. Imagine so many other people who are scared to put their card, they think that it'll be hacked okay. probably. Um, so how do we tap into them? And when we change that small thing, our uh, numbers increased a lot, drastically. And uh, that's one yeah, thing. I would tell another example which were, which acted. It, it was literally such a failure, the idea that mm-hmm, yeah. we... Uh, so we, we have a reverse shipping, uh, reverse pickup arrangement with the courier partners, but they were not doing it properly. So we would uh, request a pickup today and it will happen after two months. So the customers get frustrated. I get frustrated because I'm not getting the product back. I can't refund the money. So we decided let them ship it, let the customer ship it to us and we will pay them the money what they have spent on shipping. We changed the policy overnight and two months time our sales dipped so bad. It was so bad. Just one small policy change. It was so tiny that... I think it's a industry standard has become such that uh, all the uh, biggies in the field are doing reverse pickup and in a day, in, a, yeah, in half a day they are picking it up. Um, yeah, it's so just such a bad So, they expect that every other online website should be doing the same. And that policy really, really hampered us. Yeah, it backfired. And yeah, we, we changed it quickly. It became fine. But then imagine the number, amount of loss which happened. Yeah.
1: So, we mentioned the two years of you guys working part time on Suta. At what point, or have you saved X amount of capital? Have you felt like you hit a number of sales and then you felt like, okay, now is the time I'm comfortable? to do it full-time
0: we didn't save save a lot because we started putting in slowly it never uh, hurt us uh, and we saved quite a bit because we had our a very high, good paying uh, jobs we never felt that it's a lot of money we are investing we kept investing very little money which was hardly anything um, but what you asked when we felt like quitting is the day when we decided that both of us can take a very nominal salary um from day 1 we started taking salary um a very little amount which was 20000 rupees but then we started with the salary uh before yes. that we thought so, we cannot quit just like that and know. we we realized that we cannot be dependent after a certain point in our lives <laughs> we can't be dependent on people so when we realized we are drawing salaries there's a good profit margin yeah. then we quit
1: Okay, so then you did have this kind of salary break-even point for you guys. Yes,
0: that so that we can take salary and we can have the person who are employed, we have employed, we can pay them salary. So Jaya, uh, we paid her, and then we took three of us would take salary, and that's that day we quit. So we decided we'll quit and we start
1: nice look at that business school coming in handy yeah definitely, <laughs> definitely. definitely. nice I do want to talk about your marketing because I feel like I love the fact that you guys are in the photos and then also it just looks like everyday women who are wearing your saris how did you start kind of tackling this marketing side of everything
0: we started with uh, uh, no marketing Actually, and we were like that for the initial two years, Um, but our brand got built um, very beautifully automatically. when I came to the photo, we wanted to save money in models and photographers. And so we didn't have connections the uh, with the models yeah, We didn't know anybody. So we thought, so, why go and approach somebody? Let, let me just stand in front of the camera. And she used to click the photo. She's a photographer. So she said, I'll click the photo. You stand. And we had no team, literally. Our father would fold the sarees. My mom will make sure the ironing is happening right. She would pass it on. And we would just do it in the house or, in, you know, just go down the lane. We would not spend any money at all. We were so frugal in everything we used to do. And that's how we started. But then people started recognizing me, relating to me, because I would not look like literally like a model. I'm not like a perfect figure, perfect hair. I'm not that. So people related to, I think it just automatically happened, beautifully happened uh, on its own that people thought, I can also look like this because she is not literally like too much makeup or you know not standing perfectly she's just standing also low. the back backdrops were normal lanes and natural yeah. backgrounds and we used we always use sunlight as a as a light yeah. and we didn't use artificial light or anything so people could relate to it and they started trusting us more it just looks like home it looks like everyday life so that bit got taken care of automatically and also the fact that we started posting their photos the customer photos online it we always felt that we feel good if a brand recognizes me saying oh you're wearing this dress you know thumbs up you're looking good so we always felt that it's good and we started posting thinking that that lady would feel nice if I posted and talk about how she's wearing it so beautifully. And I was really excited when people used to send us pictures and we used to reply to all the messages ourselves. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) so it beautifully just kept becoming a community. Even now I meet a customer, they would just come up to me and say, hi, Sue. you know, I am part of the community. She would never say I'm a customer of Suta. She would always say I'm part of the Suta community because they feel Suta is like a family and like a, a community or a cluster and that's the beauty it just it just became like that we never want we did never spoke about it but it became like on its own and and we also tried changing the backdrop to a solid background as other websites do uh, we work. saw that people didn't like it anymore so we thought that let's stick to what we used to do and not follow the industry standards yeah and to have like a white background people just do not like we it we changed the model too uh, <laughs> that also people didn't like so we went back to Sujanta <laughs> and uh, so we do what we did uh, before because people started relating to it and people started liking it and they remember uh, it and uh, so that's how the marketing strategy initially has been yeah and uh, uh, of course the community thing also really worked in, in our favor but Spectrums, now yeah. we spend our money on uh, Facebook yeah. and Instagram and Google Ads uh, yeah, to we do. And, and we have a person too. who is dedicated to who dedicates her entire time and replying to customers we have a person who is a freelancer from Chennai we just met her first time yes last month um, she's been the, with us for one and a half years she writes our content and she writes it so beautifully. So, if you see, we have a story for all the saris uh, on the and the products. We write about the why the sari is named so or why the color is so and such. So, it has worked beautiful because she relates to the brand so much. She understands our story and she writes it so well. So, so all these have worked well to create the brand. And also, people sometimes buy the sari because they related and love the story so much. Yeah. So, uh, so it's a beautiful. Uh, thing that has built up what we both liked ourselves, people have started liking it.
1: So marketing has been (laughs) really amazing for us. Did it feel weird because those are kind of your ideas and your stories and you were kind of basically doing everything yourself. And then now you have someone who's been working with you over a year to write these stories. So what did it take to, you know, kind of let go and give those tasks to other people?
0: I think it's always a struggle to uh, Let let go of things if you're doing things in a certain way, you would just want to do it and you're not not letting your territory be given to somebody else. We had that feeling initially, but then I think this is very um, tactical and it's a very business call that it's always there in my head that unless you give your work to somebody else, you will never be able to do the better or the a different thing which you would want to. So we knowingly, we sit together, we decide, okay, this work, we can actually give it to that person like a specialist or somebody who's better at it. So, we hire right, make sure that the person is capable enough, and we let go. And otherwise, because we started packing also and shipping ourselves, we'll stick to that and never grow. So, yeah, that is a rule. Uh, one of the rules yeah. we follow. Yeah, there and are certain uh, rules which we, even if we don't like doing, we do it. So, this is one of the rules that sometimes I feel that no, 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 I should only reply because my style of replying is something else, and she might not reply exactly how I want to reply. But um, we have figured that by training, that person can become a better much, version, much better version of yourself. Also, yeah. So, so we that's how we just slowly, slowly let go of things, and we have. Actually and the girl who writes the stories, she's a she's poet. She's like a fairy tale. She's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you read our stories, literally, some stories will get you'll give you goosebumps. Thinking, oh my, you know, you can think about a product like this. She's amazing.
1: Yeah. When you do interview people you ask some different kind of questions you know i'm sure through your corporate journey you've interviewed a lot for your jobs so now that you're interviewing other people do you guys what do you guys do anything different from the typical
0: when i used to interview from my ex company's side i would never ask i wouldn't i would i never gave import i never gave importance to passion i rather gave importance to the the comput- competence their back the their ex-work Um, the work experience they have done the projects they have handled but not really to the passion now I look mostly for passion I think 80% marks I give to passion if the person is passionate I feel the person can learn and become better Um, I don't see marks now I don't see how much you scored in your I don't see the format of the CVs and I myself focus so much of my time in my B school to just make a CV because every letter has to make sense. Yeah, yeah. So now I don't look at that. If the font is wrong, the spelling is wrong, I just let it go. <laughs> because I know that that is not the most important thing. You have to see the person. Yeah. And we always ask one person that, you know, what do you want to do in future? Do you yeah. really want to do this? You know. Because we want the person to stick around. I'll and grow with us. I don't want a topper of the school to come to me Uh, probably he would be really good in marketing but I would rather have probably the 10th ranker who would rather stick to Suta for the longest of time till he wants to work Like totally he would dedicate his life you know just work with Suta through and through and not just quit and move to another rosier or a better uh, company Um, I would rather have a person who loves Suta as a brand so yeah I want to make Suta as like one of the best working places. (laughs) That's one of our targets. We just want the entire team to be really, really happy and content. So we keep asking people, are you liking your role? Are you liking what you're doing? What do you see yourself doing the next year? Hmm. Do you want to do the same thing or do you want to increase your workload, change your role? Yeah, We have this discussion quite often so that the person doesn't get demotivated at all.
1: It's also very opposite of how any other large corporations run. Like you mentioned, you know they want someone specialized. Sometimes when you have a colleague who's like away for a week, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how they do this, but you know you really develop people for versatility. Um, and it seems like you know people are well rounded; they could do a, a bunch of different roles within Suta.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, how Rupesh, uh, one of the guy who started with. the he came surprising actually he's he told me that day that you know how i join i felt i'll probably serve coffee in your team um, then he yeah. from serving coffee he just started slowly he moved to packing because he did packing well so he moved to packing now he one day he said that i like I clicking pictures uh tanudi and i can you tell me how you do it i also do from my phone i said then why don't you use your phone yeah. uh, do it and uh, he clicks pictures and he, now I have given my editing to him. Yeah. He, he edits just, on Lightroom and because we taught him how to edit in Lightroom. So he edits and, and he uploads on Shopify. He um, uploads everything on Shopify. Can you imagine a guy who thought that <laughs> he serve coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uploading on Shopify. And that's all the tags right, all the uh, naming right, everything is right. Everything, it, it goes to the right category. It It is amazing how he does it.
1: Um, so... A little bit before we mentioned, you know, two years you didn't really have marketing, and then you now have, you know, Facebook, Instagram. All that kind of uh, online ads. How did you kind of begin starting to invest back into marketing? And where were some of the first campaigns or tests you've done?
0: It's long back, yeah. <laughs> we started really small. We started spending twenty thousand rupees a month. When the when the marketing partner also said that this, in, we don't even work with this investment. So <laughs> he's we say, saying it's so low that I don't <laughs> even like talk to people who tells me this. But he started because <laughs> for some reason he just felt that the. Brand, Sudha, will grow uh, <laughs> and to where we have reached almost um, yeah it's 20 30 times so 20 yeah,
1: 30 times. okay yeah and what do you now spend your money on what kind of tests do you want to run now is is it mostly through social ads or is it because it's it's like a hard call call right you don't know which channel what will
0: work and yeah so now we spend more on facebook instagram but we spend a substantial amount also in SEO um, so that the organic traffic grows, uh, we spend there. We also do um, we, the re- remarketing, we do retargeting, retargeting through and different also, different uh, uh, search. So the, this is one aspect of it, but we also strongly work on the brand building uh, so that uh, we don't rely only on the budgets that we spend and get customers. People should know us uh, as a brand. So otherwise different also, mediums, like uh, we have our own podcast channel
1: I have noticed yes yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that and we go in a lot of uh, we get invited to a lot of colleges to talk to young students about entrepreneurship about our journeys somewhere we went and taught about how Shopify works um, so we we do take we do meet a lot of people through talks or even on panel discussions. Uh, we get calls like that and we make sure we are present there so that people, even if we are not present only through ads, 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 we are there in different ways. We are touching other people's life, even by at least sharing our own experience of how what we, what let you know, where we all failed, where we all succeeded so that other
1: people can learn about it. Despite the substantial growth, the sisters remain focused on the values and reasons for starting a business. Throughout their content, ways of operating the business, and also their lives, they opt for more sustainable approaches to ensure that the impact they have is a positive one.
0: I think not just selling. Selling is not always the thing what we want to talk about. We would rather share our stories. Um, That way we'll touch more lives. I think that's I think that makes a like more, more difference than just keep selling and. Also, our Instagram page, if you see, we talk a lot about sustainability and uh, what we do in our personal lives to be, yeah. you know, to increase sustainability in daily lives. So, yeah. we keep doing other things apart from just um, uh, selling, marketing, yeah. as in marketing on Facebook and Instagram. We build a brand and uh, make it as a community. as yeah. make earlier. make the make sure the values are passed on to people. Um, how we always carry our own bottle <laughs> and think small things like that you know how we can uh, impact the environment by uh, probably using soap nut to wash your clothes that's, we make our own bioenzymes uh, and we have a story called sustainability on our uh, Instagram page and a lot of pe- other people have started making it so it's so, so important and not just talk about so what we started. want to do is that if people click on the ads and come to our page they should see the brand as it is. They should know the values. They, they can understand the values through the
1: website. And so we also did. through our blogs. Which through our we, blogs. Have, we have our blogs as well yeah, on, on the website. It seems like, you know, the, whichever amount of social spend or SEO spend uh, is kind of, you know, keeping people to visit, but also you want to build the story behind Suta. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to, you know, talk about the sustainability side, because I think that. It is very important because you're leaving an impact not just for the families that you work with but also the environment that we all share. Um, so, talk about the weaving and making process and how you guys kind of incorporate sustainability in all aspects of business and life.
0: Okay. Fun, very um, in the beginning when we started uh, Suta and uh, we realized that we cannot avoid plastics because due to rains, uh, we, they always need to be packed from the factories in plastics and have to be shipped because otherwise it gets soiled. So, uh, so we didn't know what to do, uh, how to avoid it. There's no other way. So we use recyclable things, but also uh, it's increasing in number, right? Yeah. What, where do I store them? What do I do with them? So we started shipping it back, even if it, if it was a big cost on us. Yeah, we could we, just easily dispose it, but we make sure that we pack them back.
1: and And sent sent it back to the
0: villages the factory where they reuse the material uh, and we are very strict with people who uh, don't open the uh, plastics properly and they tear it so they, they have to make sure they take time and cut it properly so it's usable again. Yeah. So um, we ship them back and the same plastic is reused constantly. Yeah, this we, we make sure that that happens. And also we're figuring out another way to make sure that the plastics which are actually waste now, we can't use it. It's a torn. Yeah, totally torn and uh, we have to throw it now. So we plan to use it as a design. Uh, it's a very new concept, but then you probably put making it designs on the sari using it. So that's that's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so the prototype is on its uh, way. We just be working on it. Uh, we are making embroidery using the plastics, um, so it becomes a part of the sari and the blouses. Also, we take step, we don't take drastic steps to uh, lure people. For example, there was this brand who came up with a liquid which will make the uh, sari's uh, water resistant. resistant. So if if something falls spills on your dress, saree, like the so v- you denims came when you drop water, it just does just doesn't so stick. So y- it just slips off, so it won't absorb a stain. So that which was very fancy and it was really amazing if I just promote it that way but later when I took the sample and used it I realized that it has a chemical which does not absorb in the soil yeah it forms a layer so if you put, flush it in the ocean or sea then the uh, animals would die so we so strictly, strictly th- said no that we are not going ahead with that chemical because it's just fancy but probably get us more revenue but then unnecessarily uh, kill um, animals spoiling and, the nature yeah and uh, so we use methods which will consume less water and uh, during the process and uh, now we are using the soap nuts which yeah. is natural to wash our sarees. Uh, yeah. So a lot of things we incor- incorporate and uh, you, in our processes so it makes sure that we are sustainable and we are not spoiling the nature mm-hmm and uh, sari in itself is such a garment that yeah it is you that change your body size anytime you still fit in still right wear it <laughs> sari will never be tight or loose so it will just wrap uh, around you and so that itself is such a sustainable clothing so it's, it's and also we encourage people that you know if you don't want to wear it you can cut it and use it as napkins because the more you wash your saris it becomes softer, softer. and it's very sturdy and really really amazing and absorbs a lot of water if you wipe your face with it so people started have started Uh, wrapping their babies in that because it's really, really breathable. So we keep promoting all these ideas.
1: Nice. And I feel like people don't realize when you first land in Mumbai, um, there's such a good mix, you know, people in t-shirts and jeans, but then there's also ladies in saris. So it's a good mix of like tradition and also just like modern day clothing. Yeah,
0: it is. (laughs) And India, I think it's amazing that saris are coming back. A uh, lot of people thought sari is very cumbersome because uh, one is to wear a sari, uh, it's not. So if you, a lot of people can get daunted by the idea of just you know like six and a half meters of fabric. You don't know what to do. But even if you know how to wear a sari, people get scared. What to match the blouse and what to wear underneath the sari, the skirts. So we made sure we make it like Suta as a one-stop shop for saris. But abroad also, people have started wearing saris a lot, and we keep shipping there. Yeah. Even we, uh, even if we don't do marketing outside, yeah. we still ship a to lot. all of the world. World yeah. yeah. name the
1: place and we have shipped there. Amazing.
0: <laughs> to Fiji yeah. Islands too, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. How much would you say um, sales outside of India would make up a, a percentage of It's It's
0: little, little, but then it's still uh, 12, 13% without marketing at all. Like literally, we have the done that. We nothing. are now uh, making our US website through shopify yes (laughs) so that's the next big step that we're taking and then yeah it's amazing because we don't it's uh, we are glad that shopify is there because it's such a sturdy platform at least that way we don't have to be worried that you know site is down something is wrong we're not worried about that so yeah we don't even need a big team to maintain a shopify platform so that way our headache is gone yeah and so now now the u.s website we plan to do uh once it's uh, launched probably we'll run marketing campaigns and see if abroad is a good market for us
1: yeah there's a lot of um indian families abroad and then i feel like obviously they'll talk to their you know cool hip cousins or relatives back home so there's a lot of word of mouth happening i'm sure yeah. I also wanted to ask about pricing because I feel like you guys have found a very good balance between making sure that weavers are paid adequately. And also it's at a price point where it's also still approachable, like you mentioned, from for those who are young. So when you were first starting, was pricing like a hard thing to decide? Or um, you know over time, how do you find that sweet spot where you could Balance uh, sustainability, also ethical payments, and as well as still more approachable for people.
0: So, uh, payment we were very strict from the beginning that we will never ever make uh, not pay payments. or delay the payments for them. Even delays make them suffer so much because they have so much dependent on just that money. It is so little for us, for them it's everything. So, we had promised this, uh, and our uh, accounts team know it the moment the weavers send their bills. Not even one minute delay. We paid right then. Even if you know, even if we have to stop something else, salaries so also we also sure advance pay payment uh, according to whatever the raw materials we're procuring. Everything is in place. Uh, even before the check happens, we pay their uh, dues and everything, so that yeah. they are really, really happy. Even now, we just come in and say, "I want to work with suta You know, in the village, suta's name is so big that they want to work with us because of the payment systems and because we pay more than they get paid anywhere else so that way we were always clear that we will never ever uh, mess with their payments and Uh, pricing wise we wanted to wanted the young crowd to start wearing sarees and if i really priced higher and kept my margins higher So then, I I won't be able to reach that crowd. Yeah, that was an head always that if I were in college, would I be able to afford the saree? So it's how we started. So pricing was never a big thing in our heads. Even now, there is the bestseller category. We don't. We hardly make any money there. So it's literally that. But we do sell it so much because people love it so much. The first collection that we had, the made in heaven Mall, which is super light and uh, very very mm-hmm. breathable. That's one of our favorites. Uh, uh, and and we actually want then. more and more people to wear it and experience what kind of uh, Malmal fabric it is so that uh, the weavers get constant work. People also buy a lot, so we play in uh, volumes yeah. in that way. Um, yes, yeah. so we, we have, we have t- customers who have a suta section in their cupboard yeah that's so, so amazing they have to all see all the colors like 25-30 <laughs> colors of that same sari. <laughs> so it's amazing that they send us photos and they're not just few there are many customers like that they have a suta corner so it's, it's nice. It's very, it makes me super
1: happy. Amazing. And I also want to close off just to ask about, you know, um, being women entrepreneurs and also being married and having your own families and balancing everything. Um, how do you find that balance and, yeah like what does it feel like to be female founders
0: <laughs> it doesn't feel different i think uh i, I think, think if i were a, a boy also, i would feel the same way i'd be really, really excited. Excited <laughs> excitement it would be there but no. there are issues of course like yeah people trusting us that we would do what a man would have done <laughs> that the question is there and that pinches us sometimes thinking that uh people come in asking who's your boss i'm like who do you want to talk to? They say no, sir. Where is sir? Live mean, sir. Can't it be a madam? So yeah, that is still like there. I feel like going back the in, just putting a mustache and coming in front of them. <laughs> yeah, they just expect a man to be sitting on the table. And sometimes this, this people would walk in and say, "Oh, you guys are very young to be sitting here." You're like. Sometimes we're like, okay, I don't know what to reply to that. It's weird. Uh, you know, you're, you're little girls. You've done. If a man would have been sitting there, a boy, or same age, they would not have probably asked that question. You know, but, the so question kind of, would be different. It's really sure. daunting. It's just weird that they ask hygiene issues, like questions like, have you done this or oh, you know this. Who manages a yeah. finance? Sometimes it's such a weird see. question. Why would somebody ask me this? You know, it's. I think it comes from the fact that I'm from a certain gender that these questions are asked sometimes. Uh, but I think we have grown past it because our work yeah. talks about what we have achieved, or what we have. And there are a lot of women entrepreneurs and business leaders in, in yeah, the country which is now. In the so, country, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, being uh, women and managing our family, Sujata has a two year old boy. Yeah. Um, so, what we did was we moved uh, our families together into one house. Um, so, we live together. My husband, Sujata, her husband, and our parents keep coming and going. <laughs> our in laws are also in Mumbai, but we stay close together and our office is a two minutes walk from our house so that helped us balance everything and, yeah. and we have a huge support system it's huge. amazing that um, we don't have to bother about so many things I can just you just call me somewhere I can take a flight and go and not be bothered about the family because there is a very good support system mm-hmm. our, in-laws are always there if we need their help. My parents our parents, come over if we need them. So that way life is literally uh, sorted and we didn't have yeah, to worry yeah. much about that aspect. So, luckily so we way, only were worried yeah. about Suta and we just kept kept
1: running. <laughs> What's the secret to be able to work together, live together, and also like you guys seem like very <laughs> 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 dynamic and complimentary and still very good friends? <laughs> I think it's it's just that uh,
0: we uh, when we lived apart we knew that we had to come back you know because mm. uh, we we think and alike. Parents have brought us up in a certain way that. Uh, uh, the fact that we will never leave india or that we will always live live close by that we always talk on phone at least and tell them what we're doing so that we were always like always we knit. never went away we were always we were separated for like eight years she was studying i was studying somewhere else we, we worked hostels. Yeah. and hostel life but we came back together and um, i think it's a very close very close-knit family which we have our parents and four, the four of us uh, when we started we were always very Always together and no, I think, Even uh, if we if fight we, we, My mother made sure That we, she told us That you both Just talk about it Whatever mm-hmm. we fought about Discuss and find out Whose fault it was The person says sorry Then you go to the bed, bed. Otherwise don't sleep <laughs> You know that That works And, that and then we followed it To the team Even if we You know Are angry with uh, Some decision Or whatever at work We make sure We just talk it out yeah. Sort it and uh, then go about doing our own work. Yeah, next this. day we get up and we are just back to what we were. And we are just the same, same old when we started. It's the same thing. It's just as if nothing happened the previous night. And also the main focus is Sutana, So everything goes backseat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good rule. Never end a day Um, you know, mad and you always kind of close out the day and resolve it.
0: Yes. And make sure you start afresh. So that's the mantra.
1: (laughs) Nice. I'm so excited for the next steps. You know, you guys entering a new market, launching new products. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting with me today.
0: It was really amazing chatting with you. It was like reliving everything and you you were understanding everything. Your questions were exactly what We have done what we haven't done. So it was amazing chatting
1: with you. very happy to talk to you. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Shopify Masters. My name is Shuang. And if you enjoyed Sujata and Tanya's business journey of starting and building Suta, please give us a review on your listening platform so the show can be discovered by others. Until next time on Shopify Masters.